please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray thee in thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. We will read responsibly Psalm 61 as our introit, which is found on the inside front cover of the bulletin, with the congregation reading the portions in bold type. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong King's life, his years and many generations. You shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take on him our flesh and to suffer death on the cross that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Our catechism lesson for this morning is taken from the Lord's Prayer, discussing there the seventh petition. Which is the seventh petition? But deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition, as the sum of all, that our Father in heaven would deliver us from every evil of body and soul, property and honor, and finally, when our last hour has come, grant us a blessed end and graciously take us from this veil of tears to himself in heaven. What do we finally ask here? That God would entirely spare us from any evils, or that when he has afflicted us with the cross, he would either take it from us or help us to bear it and turn it to our benefit, and that he would finally, by a blessed end, fully deliver us from all evil. In Psalm 91, we read, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Acts 14 says, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. In Hebrews chapter 12, we see, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. In the fifth chapter of Job, we read, He shall deliver you in six troubles. Yes, in seven, no evil shall touch you. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writes by inspiration, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. In Luke chapter 2, we read, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, the light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. In Philippians 1, verse 23, For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Sorry, I've had a bit of a frog in my throat. I tested for uh, COVID, and thankfully it was negative. Um, it's good that we're getting colds again, I suppose. Our epistle lesson for this Sunday reading is, and also our sermon text for today, is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. Verses 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of with God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of a man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of our Lord. Our gospel lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 9. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with them. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, colt the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitude split, spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes went before, and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the word of our Lord. Let us join together in confessing the words of the Nicene Creed, found on page 22. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten of God, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us in the Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come from the end with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one the Holy Spirit and the Apostolic Church. I acknowledge one baptism for the of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead. And the light of the world's time. Amen. Please be seated. We will continue with the office hymn. If you can't preach that, then I'll step in.
The text for the sermon this morning is taken from our epistle reading, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Dear Christian friends, we hear the term entitled a lot today, and for the most part, <coughs> we do not mean it as a compliment. What does it mean to be entitled? Simply put, being entitled means that someone is treating something as their birthright, something that they deserve to have regardless of any other consideration. This often causes friction with other people because most people have to work hard for what they have and may well deserve more than what they get. So it is natural for them to resent people who seem to get things without any effort, as if they deserve those things simply because they exist and because they want them. And it is often the mentality or giving off the vibe of entitlement that so puts people off. But what of those who are truly entitled? Is there a way to be entitled and not insufferable about it? Dear Christians, friends, Jesus Christ was entitled in the strictest sense to divinity. This is what this passage means when it says that Christ Jesus did not consider it robbery to be equal to God. He truly was and is God from all eternity. We are not guessing. We are not drawing rational conclusions about this. We have the direct testimony of Holy Scripture that points precisely to who and what Christ is and what he was and what he is to be. King David, speaking by inspiration in the second Psalm, writes from the perspective of his descendant, speaking with God the Father in Psalm 2. I will declare the decree, the Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. We know this is not mere poetry or a clever turn of phrase, because the author of the epistle to the Hebrews uses it to prove Christ's divine nature, that he is greater than the angels. As we read in Hebrews chapter 1, for to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. King David also called his descendant Lord by inspiration in Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Jesus himself used this passage to silence the Pharisees during Holy Week. If David calls them Lord, how is he his son? The prophet Isaiah also testified that Christ would be God in human flesh in Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If anyone ever was entitled to divinity, to honor, to glory, 
and to majesty. It was and is our Lord Christ Jesus. But how did Jesus act? Did he demand the worship that was due him? Indeed, he did not. As Paul says in our text, he took on the form of a servant. He lived and worked as a man, being born as one of us, growing up as one of us, learning a trade, specifically carpentry, with his adopted father, Joseph. When he reached manhood and began his public ministry, he certainly had crowds following him and hanging on his words. Those who actually worshipped him and gave him his glory and due were much more, though, the exception than the rule. More often, when Jesus reminded them of his true nature, they reacted violently. More than once, they even tried to kill him. <coughs> but in those earlier cases, as when Jesus told them, Before Abraham was, I am, in John chapter 8, he escaped the wrath of the crowd only by using his own divine power. But let us not doubt or forget that it was actually to die that Jesus came to earth. <coughs> Even death on the cross, like a common rebel, a thief, a murderer. Surely he did not deserve that. Surely he was not entitled to that. No, we are the ones who are entitled to a miserable death on the cross. We are the ones who have fallen short of the glory of God. We are the ones who are weighed in the scales and found wanting. We are the ones who have crossed the line that God has told us not to cross. And it does not matter if our failures are great or tiny, whether they be sins of thought, of word, or deed. Recently, I was watching a TV show or something, and one of the characters said, how can thoughts be evil? If they were, wouldn't we all be evil? To which God's law answers, yes. That is exactly what God's law demands. Perfection in thought, word, and deed. Perfect love and perfect devotion to God. Perfect love and perfect devotion to our neighbors. And who's our neighbor? Not just the ones we get along with and the people we like, but the ones we do not get along with and do not like, and that probably do not like us very much either. Does this sound like an impossible standard? It should. If it does not sound like an impossible standard, I would guess that the law has not been preached in its full terror or else that there are other things creeping in around the edges, as it were. Excuses or comparisons or minimizations of guilt. But the law accuses us all, and we must all acknowledge our guilt. Even the Ten Commandments are careful to speak of sins of word, <coughs> in that they specifically prevent or prohibit false witness in taking the Lord's name in vain. And they specifically prohibit that sins of thought, specifically coveting. No. It was for all these sins, for our sins and for the sins of the entire world that Jesus came to earth to suffer and to die. For there is no other payment, there is no other ransom that God will accept for the forgiveness of sins than the holy, innocent suffering and blood and death of his son, Jesus Christ. We receive this forgiveness when we place our trust in his sacrifice and in God's mercy. And this trust, this faith, comes not from ourselves. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. He creates and strengthens this faith in us through God's word, through the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. In all these places, God has promised to convey the forgiveness of sins, as he spoke once to and of Abraham, that Abraham <coughs> believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteous. <coughs> as righteousness. 
In the same way, too, we believe in God's promises to forgive our sins. For to be sure, nothing we can do can merit God's forgiveness. And the attempt to pay for our own sins is an affront to the great sacrifice that our Lord Jesus Christ made. None of this payment for sin could have happened had Christ Jesus not subjected himself to that miserable death on the cross, separated from God and his love, bearing the wrath and punishment for all sin of all time, including for your sins and for my sins. It is because of this that the name of Jesus is now exalted above every other name. For our Lord Jesus Christ will come back as the judge of the living and the dead. This is a moment we should all be <coughs> eagerly awaiting. For it means the end of our suffering here on earth as well. We get to put off our bodies, none of which will ever get any younger, and bid farewell to the ravages of time and disease. On that day, everyone will see our Lord return in all the glory that he is entitled to, as is his birthright. No one on that day will be able to say that they do not see him, that they do not understand. The scoffers and doubters of this world will see him for exactly who and what he is. The devil, his demons, will also be subject to their final defeat. They do not have any reason to look forward to that day because for them it will be their final eternal condemnation. But for us on that great day, those of us who by the grace of God trust in our Lord Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made to pay for our sins, to us that day will be so much greater and so much more majestic than our Lord's first triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which we commemorate today. We know all too well how the rest of Holy Week transpired. Then inside of Holy Week, the crowds that followed Jesus through Jerusalem <coughs> would turn on him. They would demand his crucifixion, demand the release of Barabbas, a thief and murderer. The last great day will see no such reversal, for on that day time will end and the rest of eternity shall begin. The Lord will take us to be with him in righteousness and blessed peace forever free of this world's cares and concerns, its sicknesses and its grief. There, there will be no more suffering, no more hunger, no more thirst, no more death, no more sickness. We cannot really imagine what it will be like, but we know that it will be immeasurably better than what we know and see today and here. In the meantime, though, let us not pass up opportunities to confess the greatness of the mercy of our God. Let us not pass up opportunities to do good for our neighbor. That day shall come, we know not when, and indeed none of us here today may live to see it. But whether we experience it, <coughs> numbered among the blessed dead, or among those yet living, we shall know this, that it is only because of the name of Jesus that we can look forward to that day. So let us bless and honor him with the glory that is due him as his birthright. In our Lord's name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Let us continue with the offertory.
seated. We will continue with the offering. Please stand. Let us join together in prayer. <coughs> Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, <coughs> we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and your grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily, we beseech you so to rule and govern your church universal with all its pastors and ministers, that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened and charity increased in us toward all mankind. To this end, we pray your blessing on Bishop Heiser, on our pastors and on all the pastors of our diocese, Bless St. Ignatius Lutheran Seminary, its instructors and students, that men might be trained for the work of the ministry and when called, faithfully preach and teach your life-giving word. Grant also health and prosperity to all that are in authority, especially to the presidents and Congress of the United States, the governor and legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure. <laughs> to the maintenance of righteousness and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to, <coughs> to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name and for your truth's sake. Comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. We pray for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia and for all suffering from the horrors of war and the oppression of ungodly rulers. We ask you to protect and keep those who trust in you, to mercifully grant repentance and life to those who do not yet know you and believe your word, and to judge those who refuse to repent, to persist in unbelief and wickedness. We ask that you establish peace in the world and prevent an escalation of war and bloodshed. And although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, 
Yet we entreat you, most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy. <coughs> Defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. <coughs> Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, and from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. In every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of those who believe. Cause also the needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land and sea, to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. We pray for your healing and blessing upon Janet as she recovers from surgery, and for all our fellow believers who are ill or suffering. These and whatever other things you would have us ask of you, O God, grant them to us for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son and our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Please be seated. We will continue with the... Uh the distribution hymn, hymn number 314.
Pastor, would you mind doing the uh, consecration and distribution? I don't think I should under the circumstances. I ask you to please stand. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God, who on the tree of the cross did give salvation unto mankind, that whence death arose, thence life also might rise again, and that he who by a tree once overcame might likewise by a tree be overcome, through Christ our Lord, through whom with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, 
take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. for the remission of all your sins. I ask you to please stand. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake. Amen.
making peace. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given to death for all your sins. The Lord bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given to death for all your sins. The Lord bless you and keep you in baptismal grace. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given to death for all your sins. for the remission of all your sins. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Shed for the remission of all your sins. Please stand. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake. bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given unto death for all your sins. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins.
Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake. Amen. ask you to please stand. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. We give thanks to the Almighty God that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we beseech thee that of thy mercy thou would strengthen us through the same in faith toward thee and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. may be seated we close our worship by singing glory be to god the father hymn number 244 
and maybe I spoke too soon by telling you to be seated. I would suggest we stand. <laughs> announcements. Uh, the announcements are in the bulletin and the inside toward the back. Uh, we have Good Friday worship at 7 o'clock this Friday evening. I invite all of you to be here for that. Uh, the ladies decided yesterday, instead of a pot, uh, Easter breakfast, we will have a potluck Easter brunch following our service. I invite all of you to stay for a little bit after the service and uh, a, a quick meal together before before we go our own ways as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And again, uh, the mention of the podcast uh, that's there. Anytime you wish to watch that, it's on Podbean, it's on Google Play. I think most of them have picked it up now because I can walk by Google and tell it to play the latest episode and it puts it on. So. Any other announcements this morning? Lee? God bless you, Marty. So, pray that you get feeling better. So, understand how that is. It's awful hard to, especially when you have to preach and you feel like you just can't talk. So, 
any any time that happens in the future, you can just ask me, and I'll come up, and I'll pick out something and preach about an hour on it or so as I wander around here and there, and everybody will be all right. So God's blessing to all of you. Thank you.